on the podcast, we're talking about election fraud, good cops, and the, and the post office. For that and more, stay tuned. You're listening to the Paul Prosize Podcast. And now Paul Prosize. Well, welcome in, guys. My name is Paul Prosize. Thank you for joining me. Um, I am looking forward to talking about these things um, today with you. Would you go ahead and go to paulprosize.com and find all my social media um, links and all that kind of stuff, Twitter, Facebook, um, specifically join me on uh, Facebook. We seem to be doing a little bit more um, r- outreach there, a little bit more interaction. But you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those things. Um, so today we are talking about something that I happen to have a little bit of knowledge on. When I was um, running and being a part of elections, one of the first election that I was ever actually a part of um, and I, like on paid staff was – for Secretary of State here in Colorado. And I, I don't know if you know anything about Secretary of State, but they're basically the people that oversee, they oversee a lot of things, a lot of um, regulated industries within Colorado, but their main um, task is to um, oversee, monitor, and engineer, maybe not engineer, um, um, but come up with um, procedures of um, having a fair and honest election. So I worked um, for the campaign that was um, Scott Gessler. Scott Gessler, a few years ago, ran and became um, Secretary of State. So in that process, I, I learned a lot of electioneering, electioneering how to do um, elections, all that kind of stuff. And this was actually pre-mail-in ballots. Um, one of the things that um, his platform was at the time was very, very anti-mail-in ballots. It, it it's um, wrought with um, just a lot of things that um, cause a lot of issues. And so if you do this on a statewide basis or national level basis, um, there's even more issues. There's a lot of reasons for that. Some are um, out of people's control. So they forget to put their uh, a signature on. These are things that are normally caught um, in person voting. So a person forgets to sign their envelope. They mail it in, they're um, immediately disqualified as a vote. So these simple things um, that when you have, when you're voting in person, you know that you're handing your ballot in, you know that that's getting counted, your signature's on the the register, all those things um, go away when you don't have mail-in ballots. Um, So I learned about a lot of these things. Now, I, um, I, I moved away from the Republican Party because frankly, bad experiences um, of the stuff that I was involved in, involved in. I'd look around and see how people were campaigning and, and not necessarily that campaign, but it was just a lot of, a lot of campaigning things that I didn't like. I didn't like the lies that would go into or, you know, manipulated quotes. Um, you know, <laughs> one of the, my big pet peeves, if you've ever hung around me at all, is people that use the Bible and they'll say, John 3, verse 1b, 2, and then they'll go over to Micah, and then <laughs> and then they'll go over to James, and they'll piecemeal something together that says, this is what I am saying. The, this is what the Bible says. Well, technically, yes, that might be what the Bible says, but it's pieced together. 
And that's what a lot of politics would do. You see this happen all the time in commercials where they may say something that in and of itself may sound terrible, but when you hear the full context, context is king, then you start to understand that was not even at all what they were saying. In fact, it may not even be the topic of what they were talking about, but it's being used to manipulate people. And this is the left and the right, the, the conservatives, the the moderates, and the the far left, everybody, on all extremes and in between, use these tactics. And I hated it. I hated doing those things. I, I Just as much as I hated things being out of context when, when we use scripture, right? And so um, I moved out of that. But in that, in that process we learned that there are ways of um, that people are manipulating. And so that was really um, Scott's platform to say there's problems in the election systems. We need to make sure that the right people um, are able to vote, that people <laughs> that have been dead are not able to vote that. Uh, I mean, so these things were happening in person so there's ways now that we know when you can register to vote on that same day, there's no check. There's no, there's no way to verify that person. Cause all you have to do now is bring in and we verified this. There's lots of videos out there. I did, did some video work and other things with people um, back in the day that we, we did man on the street stuff. And we found, we found video evidence of just walking in with a um, election or I mean, a, a electricity bill, and those can be easily faked. We know that for a fact. You walk in with a, an electricity bill. You may not have your personal ID, but you say, hey, this is me. And then you're getting to vote. Now, the problem with that is if you're doing mail-in ballot and you're showing up on per- in, a person or say, I'm going to show up in person and then somebody uses mail-in ballot or finds your ballot and finds your um, thing in the mail or whatever, then all of a sudden your vote's negated because two people have voted. This does happen. It has happened. It's verifiable. I'm not saying anything, but what's going to happen is people are going to see this and immediately dismiss it because that doesn't fit your narrative. It doesn't fit your bias. I hate whoever. So therefore, because you stand for somebody, whatever. I mean, that's kind of what we do, right? And I've actually not come out and said I'm, I'm voting for anyone in any way. I did not vote for Trump. There was a lot of reasons for that in 2016. And frankly, I'm still on the fence. I don't know where I'm going with things. I'm trying to be fair. And look, I know what I, who I don't like. I know the reasons I don't like people. And um, I think we can focus on negatives, but I also want to try to focus on some of the positives. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And in my process, I'm saying, okay, what are the, what are, what are some of the positives of everybody involved? And I'm not just talking about the two main candidates, I'm talking about everybody involved. How do we do that? How do we go through and look at the positives? So that's kind of the journey that I'm on, and I'm trying to bring you guys along with me in that. So, But one of the things that we're talking about today is the mail-in ballot fraud that's going on. And what we hear from the mainstream media specifically is that there is no problem with mail-in ballots. But then at the same, in the, on the same voice or in the same just out of both sides of their mouth, they're saying Trump is interfering with these elections. <laughs> so you can't have it both ways. You can't say we're there you're interfering, but there's no problems with mail-in ballots. So if there is interference in mail-in ballots, and it maybe if it let's just let's just accept that premise. 
then why in the world would you want to have a system that is corrupted by a specific person or a specific candidate? You can remove Donald Trump from that equation and put in whatever. Biden. You could put in whoever the libertarian candidate is, whoever the whatever. I mean, you could put in any name. It doesn't matter. The name does not matter. If you're advocating for a system that we need to vote by a system, and then you, in the other side of your mouth, you're saying, but that system is corrupted because of X, Y, and Z, then you've already lost the argument, in my opinion. I don't believe that you can have faith in, in the government anyways, or you should have faith in the government, because it's massively um, corrupt, it's massively inefficient, and we know that. We have, for years... Years and years, 30, 40 years, you can go back and find all the articles about how terrible the post office is. That has nothing to do with who's in the office. It is a massive bureaucracy that is billions of dollars in the hole. Every year it goes billions of dollars in the hole. And it just, it just doesn't make any sense. Currently right now, <clears throat> did you know that they have, because of the um, recent laws um, or the, and the the PPP, all these all these things that have passed, they actually have a surplus. They have a cash balance of like fifteen billion dollars, and another ten that they're just giving. That Nancy Pelosi and these guys are just giving to the post office. So it's up they, right now. They have a spending ability of up to twenty five billion dollars, but yet you still hear them coming in. They're recalling Congress, and they're saying we need more money for this. Why? Why is that happening? They, they have cash on their register and saying we can spend this amount of money, they can fix the issue, but then at the same time they're saying whatever. And it, to me, it, just, it boggles my mind. And when you look at the articles way before the election, way before there was ever mail, calls for mail-in ballots because of COVID, way before all of this, the thing that they were saying was that we need to be more efficient. That, that this is the post office. We need where our, our mail mail system, the actual cards and and uh, letters that go out are way way down. A lot of that is due to um, just people aren't using the mail anymore. So they were fixing their systems, and they were um, removing unneeded sorters that are either out of date, inefficient or just no longer work, and we can do the work more efficiently. But we won't see that from the left now, will we? It's all Trump is bad no matter what. No matter what you say, if you just say Trump bad, orange mad bad, then you automatically win the, the argument. And then if you start saying it's a conspiracy, you automatically dismiss whatever argument you have. You see that all the time, and everybody does that, right? We see that from, oh, it's just a left-wing conspiracy. And you do that to dismiss the argument before it even happens. We see that same tactic when you say, you're a racist. You're just a blah, 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 whatever. Fill in the blank, you are. So we do these things to win our arguments before it even starts or to put people in a corner of where they may not be. But we do that, don't we? <clears throat> so there the the point is there's a there the system that we're saying hey we need to have faith in that we've never had faith in before because it sucked for years and years and years we need to now all of a sudden say 
hey, let's put all of our trust in the mailing system. And here's, here's just a few examples. If you go over to my Facebook page, um, and it's found at, uh, if you just Google or uh, search Paul Procise in Facebook, go ahead and like and share all those things that are in there. I've got some really good videos. Um, if you see here on the screen, and if you're watching me on YouTube or wherever else, on Facebook possibly as well, um, you'll see that we have actually reached some pretty good things. And this is just an about, like I've been doing this for what, two, two and a half, three weeks now. Um, these podcasts, um, we've reached a whole lot of people. So we're, we're, we're making some marks and, and people are, are starting to see the, um, see the things that I'm putting out there. And I, and I'm actually pretty excited about that. So we've got a bunch of people following us and liking the page. Now, um, the video, um, that how did we get here video that most of you have seen has hit 44,000 views. That's insane to me. It's almost got 300 likes or 300 reactions. That's crazy. I, I'm just loving the, the, um, the reach that this audience has. And I can't thank you guys enough for being involved and, and helping um, me spread the word. I, I really do think that there's a positive message in things, even though we, we focus oftentimes on the negative because we need to discuss these things. They're also what's um, popular or what's out there and what people are discussing currently. So we need to have these discussions and, and talk about these things. Um, even if it's a, seems to be curated news that we get mad about, but because they're curated or because they're out in public, we need to have these discussions and actually talk about what's happening. It's something that I wish, frankly, that our pastors do more of, not that they need to be political, but maybe that they discuss, and it doesn't even necessarily even happen on a Sunday, but what about a Facebook live page and say, Hey, let's discuss or a, a video and, and have uh, a real discussion on these things, or let's sit for coffee and discuss these things from a biblical perspective. I really believe that our pastors can be doing better in these things. And it's not that they need to be political or take a side or condemn one party or the, le- or the, um, the next. The reality is we need to have these discussions. I've actually been at a church that flat out refused to talk about anything political. In fact, they even, he even wondered out loud on the stage if they should put out flags on the 4th of July because it's too political. Come on, man. Really? Whatever. So I, I, I just think that it's the wrong approach because it's putting your head in the sand. It's, it's ignoring the society around you. It's ignoring the issues that everyday people, that your people in the congregation are, are facing. And you're not doing the right thing by, by just ignoring these things. You need to address these things. So we look, <clears throat> here's from Detroit News. And these are from the absentee ballots that were rejected or mail-in ballots. There is a difference between absentee and mail-in ballots, but there is, that this study right here should prove that this system is not, we know that the system's not perfect, but this system is being massively abused. Massive numbers. These are huge numbers. This is just from one day. One day. Look at these numbers. Total of... Ballots were 10,694 ballots rejected on August 4th. Which is crazy. If you think about that, because it actually points out that this article from Detroit News says um, President Donald Trump won by a margin of 10,704 votes. 
in the slimmest margin nationwide. That was the closest, <clears throat> too close to call. They did all these things. This is easily manipulated if you have the nefarious means <laughs> and, and intention to do bad things in an election. doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. I'm just saying, if you, you have the ability and want to do something bad, this is possible. Absentee ballots, 1,782 absentee ballots were rejected because a voter had died. Are you kidding me? But yet we want to, you know, there's no problem. Now they did catch those. Those are just the ones they caught, but I know for a fact that they don't catch them all. It's impossible for everybody to catch everything that goes through. But just the number, the sheer numbers of ballots that are coming in for them to, they have to check and make sure and match up the signature. But if it's even remotely close or just if the original signature is just a scribble and all you see is a scribble, you're probably just going to pass it right through. It's human nature. This is what happens. So there are bad ballots going through. So th- these things do happen. There are massive voter fraud. And every one of these stories that I'm talking about today, hey, we might reached. Yeah. Facebook's telling me that we reached a lot of people. That's great. <clears throat> so in, in line with, and all of these things are on my Facebook page that we're talking about today, like I just said, um, there's um, Daily Signal did a thing and debunking the myths of this narrative I don't want to say conspiracy because I just want to talk about <laughs> this this interesting all of a sudden push of that the post office is doing these things to suppress voter fraud and it just it doesn't make sense to me like <clears throat> not that I want to continually push um right wing pieces like the daily signal or whatever because I I mean I like I I look I'm sourcing my news from other places as well so I, I encourage you, when you look at one thing, go to other other sources. So myth number one, the post service is removing sorting machines to sabotage delivery. It's not true. It's just simply not true. The volume of mail has plunged in recent years. I've already talked about this. And due to the spread of electronic communication as a result, Infrastructure needed to manage the flow of mail. The post office has been consolidating operations for years. It's well documented. Well, well documented. This was happening way before COVID, way before election, way before any of this stuff because it's inefficient. Trump has several talks out there saying, man, the post office is is really bad. We're going to get this. They're spending billions and billions off of on things that are don't make any sense. We're going to make this more efficient. Okay, that's great. He said that way before election stuff happened. Well, oh no, it's a conspiracy. He he was planning this for years. Nah, I don't think so. Personally, I don't think Donald Trump is that that crafty. <laughs> he says what he says, and he blurts out most things, and you pretty much know where he stands on on for the most part on on most issues because he can't help himself. And if he was failing at something he wouldn't even be talking talking about it so if he's failing in a specific area he's never ever going to bring up the post office but he brought it up many years ago not many years ago several years ago and saying we're going to get this thing we're going to fix it we you know and because he's he's so braggadocious he's so about himself and he wants to 
take credit for all the good things, he would never have brought this up if he, if he wasn't trying to actually fix the issues. So I just, I, 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 that's, that's kind of where I stand on that. Postal service is removing collection boxes to mail in ballots. This guy says they're legit taking the mailboxes off the street and cheating one one Come on, man. All just a simple bit of research, just a little bit of research would have solved this whole problem. But yet that, that thing got, got retweeted and reposted by Hollywood celebrities and blah, blah, blah. And Oh my gosh, look at orange man bad. He's removing all that. No. And then on top of that, they said, you know what? Because we don't even want to look like we're doing anything wrong. We're going to suspend all these things. A lot of these mailboxes were being replaced, fixed, or moved to different areas that have higher traffic. That's a routine thing. Like they, that they're constantly analyzing where the best places to put mailboxes or whatever. For the most part, they all stay the same, stay in the same place. But when you research into that specific incident, it wasn't true at all. They were just re- um, revitalizing or uh, fixing the mailboxes and stuff. It just it doesn't make any sense. And then, hey, they're they're locking the mailboxes. Shame on the GOP because the GOP has anything to do with it. Come on. <clears throat> the lock caps are sometimes put on collection boxes in areas where rash mail theft. So they've been having these issues lately a lot. Well, not even lately. It's just been happening for years. And the, the thing with those caps is you can still put letters in. You just can't get the mechanisms or the, you know, people use whatever, a lot of different methods to fish stuff out of those mailboxes. And so it's not even fully locked. There's still a little slot that you can put stuff in. But, you know, let's let's not tell the truth. Let's just put something that's out there that's false. So I would encourage you to go to my Facebook page and look at this article. It's from the Daily Signal. There's a lot of them. They, they, they list 10 different myths, and there's, there's a whole lot of opportunity for you to learn <laughs> where these things that are being put out there are, are not true. It's just not true at all. It's not true at all. Um, so we saw something over the weekend as, as well. Um, Babylon B, I don't know if you know who Babylon B is, but they're a satire site. They are f- specifically more from a Christian um, perspective, a faith perspective, and they, they do things, they, commenta- they do commentary on whatever, they're satire. So if you've ever seen them, they make these really funny posts and um, just in the same as like The Onion or... Um, you know, mad TV or whatever. They they do satire. They they poke fun at. In fact, a lot of times it's poking fun at the Christian whatever, you know, making fun of you know, chiclet teeth guy um down in Texas or whatever. You know, I mean so they, they just poke fun at everybody. Um but Twitter banned them over the weekend. Now they've been reinstated. Um, but the reason that they said that is that is ridiculous. And so um, and we're seeing this more and more, the, the, um, the um, muting of and, and banning of a lot of conservative voices across all platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, we're seeing that. They're pushing down the agendas. They're pushing down the unapproved opinions. And, I, you know, it's a comedy site. It's, it's meant to be entertaining. It's meant to 
maybe even show truths, but in a satirical way. This has been going, I mean, we've had satire. I mean, it's, it's an ancient Greek thing. It's been going on for centuries and centuries and centuries. For millennia, satire has been a part of society. If you can't laugh at yourself, if you can't poke fun of the leaders, if you can't do these things, then I don't think that we can have an actual free society, and that is a massive problem. Huge. If you are quieting, if you are muting, if you are shadow banning the voices, if you are making it impossible for people to see the stuff that I, I put out there, then and all that you see that is approved is the left wing, then we are failing as a society. And what's really happening, they're banning, they banned tons of far right people, people that I do not agree with. I mean, like, and, and I'm going to say far right because um, that's the terminology that's used in society today. Um, but the reality is um, we... <sighs> We, um, we're not using the right language. So uh, there's authoritarian and then there's like anarchy, like complete full, full, full on like communist dictator rule would be like one extreme to full anarchy. There's no laws, nothing. Everybody fends for themselves. So we, that's kind of how I tend to think of, of politics. And when we say right or left, um, we're putting people in a group. We're dismissing their opinions instantly. And what we need to be talking about is how authoritarian is this viewpoint <laughs> or how, how close to um, no law is this viewpoint. The problem is when they're banning people, they're putting it in this extreme right wing, quote unquote. And what those voices are saying are, they're supreme, those, those white supremacist, white far-right people are saying we should have all authority from a, um, a skin color perspective. But interestingly enough, we're seeing that from the extreme left now as well. Reject your whiteness, reject your whatever, and accept this. So it's an extreme authoritarian view. Both are wrong, and they're both uh, uh, on the right or the left. And I'm saying, no, they're both cut from the same cloth. They're both the same thing. They're just saying different things. <laughs> they're both authoritarian. They both want full control. They both want bad agendas. They may just disagree on the methods to get there. And that's what we're seeing. So that's... They pushed out these voices, the the um, the Proud Boys type, and I don't even. I mean, I, I honestly don't. They're and they're now they're pushing out QAnon. I have no idea what QAnon is. I refuse to go down that rabbit hole of figuring stuff out or whatever they're doing. <laughs> and see, the thing is, some of some of the things that I know that they're being accused of, they're not saying, and they're just being accused of it because it's easy to say this is all a conspiracy. And the QAnon people are talking about a conspiracy and they're saying things and I don't understand it. I don't, I just don't want to try to understand it. I know what I believe. I know what I want to talk to you guys about and have a conversation with you about. And that's not one of them. I don't want to get bogged down into 
this, well, they're a part of this weird whatever group. I don't get it. I don't care about it. I don't care. But they're pushing these voices out, and they're gone. So they're moving to Mines and Parlor and Gab, 4chan, whatever. I mean, <laughs> so these voices are being censored and pushed out. And so now all you see is, so you've got only the far left is available to, or allowed to talk or the centrists. And now the far right, even though you may not agree with them, are pushed out. And we're talking only about the center, the center left. Maybe some conservative voices on Twitter and Facebook are getting through to you. But more and more and more, those voices are being thwarted. The right, they're being shadow banned. They're being, their traffic's being um, throttled, all that kind of stuff. We're seeing that with PragerU. PragerU has been throttled in a major, major way. I'm sure eventually if, if we get any kind of traction on this channel, I'll have the same thing happen. Because we're seeing it all happen from, you know, Glenn Beck to Mark Levin to, you know, David Kraut. They're all being thwarted and throttled and, and shadow banned and all these things are happening. We know, we've, we've, we've seen the data, it's, it's happening. So, and I'm sure eventually they'll start going after people that are more center or center left or whatever. Like Tim Pool, Dave Rubin, those guys. So it's... We're, we're seeing these things happen and it's when they start attacking satire. Now, you know, that's something that you need to speak up to. You need to post these things. I, I want to keep saying, don't, don't have arguments on Facebook, but I have polite civil discussions. So do that. If you're, if you're posting these things on your Facebook page or your Twitter accounts or your whatever, have these polite, good honest conversations, but don't, don't, don't start yelling at each other. That, that just dismisses everything. One of the big narratives of course is defund the police. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. These things don't like, I'm, I'm a former police officer. I'm actually, I'm wearing a, a blue, a thin blue line hat. I wear every single day. I have a, a thin blue line bracelet on. Reminds me of my fellow officer that was killed in the line of duty, uh, my mentor. I mean, so I, I have a personal stake in, in the police departments. I'm obviously not a police officer anymore, um, but there's just a lot of good things that happen. There's a lot of bad cops, of course. I worked with a few. <laughs> it happens. There's, you know, it just is what it is. They're human nature. It's human nature to not be perfect all the time. That sucks. So, but on, on here we can see um, a body cam footage. This is from Epic Times. A uh, body cam shows moment police officer lifts three thousand two police officers. By the way, and I watched the video. Um, lift three thousand pound car off a trapped Arizona man. It's crazy. I mean, they just go in. He's trapped. He's doing some maintenance, and and he's not. He didn't block his his tires or anything like that. And all he was working with was Jack. The car falls on top of him, and he's stuck. And they show up. They can't get anything. It's pretty, it's pretty, I mean, it's crush, crushing this guy's body. And you see two police officers lift him up, just lift the car high enough, high enough so they can drag the guy out. It's crazy. But 
if you defund the cops, these things go away. There was another one I watched today of a three-year-old being rescued by two police officers that had just drowned in a, in a pool, was out. No longer breathing, no heartbeat. They brought her back. And if those cops aren't out there in the communities close enough and doing these things and patrolling as they should, if you defund these police or make it more difficult or more scarce and they have less police stop by, they have less, less coverage in your cities, less coverage in your precincts, and they can't do their work. They can't do the life-saving things that happen on a regular basis. These things happen all the time. In fact, those calls are more common than the crime calls in most cities. When they just need help with something in their everyday life. When tragedy strikes, they call 911. The cops are almost always the first people to arrive before the medics, before the fire departments, because they're out on patrol. They're in their neighborhood. But we want to defend the, defund these things? Why? Why are we doing these things? It does not make any sense at all. Zero sense. So don't defund the police reallocate things, retrain people, do things better, make the police departments better, but don't defund them because you're only going to hurt the people that work there and you're going to make things harder and more difficult. Just spend the money better, maybe have better oversight, all those kind of things. I'm, I'm all for that. And I'm speaking as a former police officer. I'm all for those things. In China... Another Epic Times article. Now, if you don't know anything about Epic Times, they're actually a. Um, they started out as a very China centric. They wanted to uh, <clears throat> show the atrocities that were going on in China. They've moved into other things. They cover politics all over the all over all over the the globe. Um, but they are they pointing out that the humiliating punishments for violating lockdowns is COVID-19 in there. So one of the cities recently, July 16th, had a new outbreak. They first diagnosed the patient, new outbreak in July 16th. They locked it down. And the punishment was for physical punishment, such as standing for hours out in the sun. I mean, come on. Could you imagine? Now, I know some Democrat cities want to go to that, something like that. They would definitely, I mean, you, you're talk, Gavin Newsom is, is uh, threatening to shut off power and electricity or electricity and water if you have large gatherings at your house. Total authoritarian. I'm sure he would be okay with public flogging because we that's what dictators do. It's being, I mean, L.A. is just crashing. So many people, I mean, you see Joe Rogan's and all these, and there's so many people moving out because it's so authoritarian. It's dying. So L.A. is dying on the vine, just like New York, just like Detroit and all these really just authoritarian places. <laughs> it's, it's really, really sad to see this happening. Our financial capital of the world, we've said for New York for so many years, it's, it's moving elsewhere, frankly. Is either moving somewhere else in the States. These companies are moving out because they don't want to pay the taxes. They don't want to subject their employees to these violent mobs that are in these cities and they're just moving elsewhere. Or frankly, some of the com companies are actually moving out of the country because there's other, other places, other financial hubs in the, in the world 
that are doing just fine that aren't doing the things, these self-inflicted damages and we're, we're doing it, but we want to blame Trump for the things that are going on in New York, but it doesn't make any sense. That's illogical. It's the governor and the mayor of New York that are doing all these things, self-inflicted wounds. Constantly they're coming out. These mayors are coming out and saying Trump's evil. He's not doing anything for us. And then, but at the same time, they're saying, don't help us. Don't send us any help. So they're talking out of both sides of the mouth again. It's crazy to me. I don't know. So like I said, guys, find me on Facebook. You can see these these articles and all the things that I post today. They're all right there on my page. Go ahead, comment on them. Let me know what you guys think. I'm excited to continue to interact with you guys on a regular basis. We're going to be doing some more podcasts as much as possible. I'm excited because we're getting more people involved. More people are taking notice and saying, hey, let's get involved with what Paul's doing, what I'm doing. And I can't thank you guys enough for spreading the word. You can find me on paulprocise.com. Paul Procise on all my social medias. Just, Just Google me. You'll find me there. So would you join me in these things? Next podcast will be coming to you very soon. You guys have a great day. Bye.